so some of our most loyal plusers who get into the chat room before the show even starts said, did my screen just flash and restart? And the answer is, yeah, it probably did because I changed the thumbnail from something that was less 49ers centric to something more generic because what I thought about talking about today, what I end up, what I'm going to talk about today has changed this morning since I scheduled this broadcast. Hello, first of all, welcome to all of you. Good to see you once again, whether you're in the chat room, whether you're listening on the podcast, really doesn't matter to me. It's just good to have you along. Thanks for coming on by the Damon Bruce Show once again. Please subscribe to Damon Bruce Plus. We're officially over 5,500 subscribers now with a ton of downloads every single day with this podcast. It grows, it begins, and indeed, guess what's also beginning? LeBron to the Warriors rumors. Now, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but it, it it's a big story uh, around here, and we are going to debunk it. We are going to analyze it, and we are going to get through this in the most reasonable way humanly possible before we get to some of the other things that I wanted to get into today, mainly how the San Francisco 49ers go about winning a Super Bowl because they are loaded to bear, and we're going to get to all of that today. So hit that like button, buckle up, let's go. So LeBron to the Warriors, we got mutual interest. That's what people are now saying. Okay, sure. So on the surface, it's very easy to look at the Golden State Warriors as they're currently built and say, you know what, the last thing this team needs to do right now, the last thing that this team needs to do right now is add a player who is 38 years old. And I would agree with that. However, LeBron, who will turn 39 years old in December, uh, would instantly be the second best player on the Golden State Warriors, and that's just if they added him and traded no one for him. LeBron is better than Wiggins. LeBron is better than Draymond. LeBron is better than Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole. It, the only person that he's not better than, but at times can be just as good as, is Steph Curry himself. So the whole, you know, you wouldn't need LeBron is not the angle I want to approach this at. But we're going to have to reprogram the way we think about the Warriors in order to even indulge ourselves in this. So LeBron at 39 would be the second best Golden State Warrior at, at the very worst. This is a franchise that if he did show up, would finally be able to manage his minutes appropriate for a player of his age. He has been so burnt out on so many minutes that Steve Kerr and company with a team that you know would still be built around him would be able to survive a regular season in a much better way than the Lakers have deployed him in the regular season. Uh, in the upcoming year, LeBron James is going to earn a base salary of $46.9 million. So because it's the NBA, you would have to go ahead and and, you know, match that number going back to the Lakers. And, you know, someone, I, I read that they could send Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and picks to the Lakers in exchange for LeBron. Dude, you think Rob is an idiot? There's no way that the Lakers would accept, even with LeBron demanding a trade. There's no way that they would accept that trade package. That is the poo-poo platter of might be. And there's not a star there already made for the Lakers to turn around and sell to their fans is a reason why we traded LeBron. So the whole, like, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and picks? 
No way. There's just no chance. So, look, it would have to include, you would think, Andrew Wiggins, who's about to embark on a four-year, $109 million contract, averaging about $24 million a year. It starts at $24 million a year. Then, you know, you'd have to add Kaminga. Jordan Poole is obviously about to embark on a four-year, $128 million contract with a $27, uh, $27 million figure attached to it in year one, which begins next year. Clay Thompson at $43.2 million. You would think that Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson would have to be involved in this. Jordan Poole would have to be involved in this. If not Clay, there would there's no way they're trading the poo poo platter. The the Lakers. I'm looking at this from a Lakers standpoint. There's no way that they would say yes to Poole, Kaminga, Moody, Baldwin, and Picks. Nuh uh. Um. So this feels like a pipe dream. This feels like um, something that is almost dismissible. But the truth is, the truth is, is the Warriors' mission has drastically changed in my mind. And adding LeBron, if we'll just suspend the reality of this maybe happening or, or embrace the reality of this maybe happening, I guess I should say, maybe helps the Warriors in what is the new mission more than anything else. Now, before we get to that, let me make it, I want you to make it your mission. That's not the smooth segue I was hoping for, but here it is. Uh, Your mission today is go get sandwich right over there at Ike's. This is my guy. This is your guy. This is someone who serves delicious sandwiches all over the place. Go find out for yourself why. I am going to absolutely order an Ike sandwich for lunch today. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to go with a Dirty Reuben this afternoon. I tried a Dirty Reuben a couple weeks ago, and I've been thinking about it. You know how a really good sandwich like stays with you in the back of your mind? It's staying with me. I think I need another one. As a matter of fact, I know I need another one, and I'm going to get another one today. Uh, maybe tonight, as I'm sitting around watching Celtics Heat, I'm going to get myself a little glass, a blackened whiskey, my favorite whiskey, not just because they're a great partner of the Damon Bruce Show, but it's really good stuff. you got to trust me on that one. Find out yourself. Go pick up a bottle at BevMo or a number of other places that are uh, your better whiskey bottle distributors. Uh, this is fantastic whiskey. Trust Uncle Damon. Um, another thing I can ask all of you plucers to trust is that Jillian and I went out yesterday and had lunch at a spot that could very well be the first place we do a meetup with our Plus community. We're going to have uh, you know a, a limited access, maybe 30, 40 people come on by, and that is something that we're thinking of doing. We're going to pick the right date. We're going to ask our friends Larry Kruger, Gianna Franco, if they want to come along. Maybe we do a broadcast or maybe we just record something. Maybe we just say screw it and just drink together and have a really fun day together and play a whole bunch of cool music together and just hang out. Like, we would love that. So, things are cooking. That's all I'm going to tell you. The Plus crew deserves to be rewarded. I want to thank all of you for your loyalty. You've been simply amazing as we are now nearly two months into this journey together. So, look... Your mission is to go get lunch at Ike's. I hope you choose to accept that mission. 
I want to talk about the Warriors' new mission because there is but one mission for them to really focus on. And if you got to scuttle, you know, the 2028 plans, 2027 plans, it really doesn't matter who you have to beg, borrow, steal from, or kill to make sure you get this one mission completed. And the mission is simply get Steph back to one more NBA Finals. There's no such thing as a guaranteed championship. But get Steph Curry back to the NBA Finals one more time. One more time. I don't want to hear about multiple championships going forward. Hey, you know, when multiple champions going championships going forward, like you're all spoiled brats. You have your multiple championships already. Trying to just add one more would be the right mission for the Golden State Warriors. Multiple titles, forget about it. it that, that doesn't keep happening in perpetuity, all right? Um, that two timeline plan that you heard so much about that looked like through the optical illusion of a championship a year ago, it looked like that two timeline plan was going to be on, but it is officially off now. There is one timeline and that is getting Steph Curry back into the NBA finals one more time. Nothing else matters again, 2028 NBA season be damned. I couldn't give a shit. Neither should you. You, you cannot worry about multiple years and multiple futures and everything. It's Steph Curry. That's it. That's all that matters. Getting him back to one more NBA Finals. And I'm going to tell you right now, selling off the future for a better today is as good as it's going to get. Is absolutely as good as it's going to get in the next probably 10 to 15 years for the Golden State Warriors. And that's just the reality of it all. There is no way to avoid the crash and burn. When the Steph Curry era comes to an end, when he decides, that's it, enough, I'm retiring, and hopefully that's what he does. I, I, you know, Could Steph end up being a Charlotte Hornet at the end of his career for a minute? Maybe, but it just it would, I can't think about that right now, can't worry about that right now, and it just doesn't feel right. I think he understands that going down as a career Golden State Warrior is part and parcel of his legacy, and I'd be surprised if he tinkered with that. Um, there is no way to avoid the crash and burn that is guaranteed to come after the Steph Curry era. Uh, can you contend one more time before reality hits you in the face like a shaving cream pie? That's what we're doing here. That's what the Warriors need to concentrate on. And LeBron James, at the end of his career, is probably best suited to help you accomplish that mission than any other collection of ideas. You know what the post-Curry era is going to look like? The post-Steph Curry era is going to be absolutely fucking horrific. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. And, and I got three examples for you. What happens when a franchise loses their best player. So let's go to the post-Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. The post-Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls finished with, in an abbreviated season, 13, 17, and 15 wins. It took seven years just to get back to 500 for the Chicago Bulls after Michael Jordan retired. 
Lakers post-Kobe era. Look, it was going downhill in Kobe's final season where they won just 17 games in his last year. But after that, it was 26, 35, 37 wins and no pulse of any true contention until you-know-who walked in the door, LeBron James. I want to talk about the New York Knicks, right? They didn't even win in the Patrick Ewing era. But Patrick Ewing, to me, is, you know, one of the great Knicks, the single the greatest Knicks of, of my basketball-watching lifetime. His last season was in 2000. Since 2000, the Knicks have had six winning seasons in 23 years. So, when you say goodbye to the greatest player in your franchise's history, there is no precedent for that going well. And you shouldn't expect it to go well unless, like unless uh, all of a sudden Curry retires and the very next year, Luka Doncic, Victor Webinyama, whoever is going to be the best player in the NBA two, three years from now when Curry hangs it up three, four years, whatever that number is, Unless the best player in basketball decides at that moment, Giannis, whoever, yeah, I'm going to be a Golden State Warrior now. There is no good way for this to end. It ends poorly, no matter best laid plans or best intentions or best decisions. History says when the greatest player in your franchise retires for about a five, six year window, your franchise is pretty much up shit creek without a paddle. That's just the way it goes. So, Brace for that. And knowing that, knowing that there's no real way to avoid that, like, hey, Jordan Poole turned into whatever, Jonathan Kaminga turned into whatever, Patrick Baldwin Jr. turned into whatever, It, you are at the mountaintop right now. It doesn't keep on going up after the Steph Curry era. There is going to be a downslide, a backslope of that mountain. So just know that. Just know that that's coming and think what would it really be? You know, you'd have to trade, I would think, Wiggins or Clay. So subtract Wiggins or Clay. Add LeBron. What else could you do around that? This is, you know, this is, these are questions that only Bobby Marks and like Danny LaRue and, you know, real capologist Dorcas Malorcus guys could answer. And I say Dorcas Malorcus with all due respect. They're smarter when it comes to the cap and manipulation than I am. Um, it, it, it feels like a pipe dream. It feels insane. But when you really, really think about it, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this whole LeBron to the Warriors thing, isn't as crazy as it sounds. And think of the feather in Steph Curry's all-time cap that he would put in there if he did win a fifth title. And if he was the magnet that attracted the two other greatest players of his career and the generation of his career. If, if, if both LeBron and Kevin Durant had to come and get a piece of Curry to win a title at any point in time in their careers, and Curry never went anywhere, Mwah. I'm just going to chef's kiss that twice. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. That would be one of the biggest big dick moves of Steph's entire career, and he wouldn't even have to move to do it. It would just happen.
It would be incredible. And say what you want about LeBron. You might not like him the minute he had a Golden State Warrior jersey on. You would love him. And another reason why it wouldn't be bad to happen, just to watch Nick Wright's face melt on live television. Wouldn't that be fun? My buddy Nick, just like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, just... (laughs) It would be incredible. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it's probably not going to happen, not going to happen, and all that stuff. But shit, if it did, if it did, it would just be incredible. By the way, I'm, I'm looking at here, just over here real quick. Oh, dude, how about this? John Dickinson, super reporter. JD, I love you, buddy. We gotta get you. We gotta get you on here soon. I don't want to get you in trouble with the old hen house that you that you're you know still laying eggs in. But you know, I'm I'm over here just just walking around the front yard. If you can join me without getting in trouble, I'd love to have you on soon, JD. I miss you, buddy. I uh, I lo- I just saw JD at OTAs. He's the hardest working man in radio show business in the Bay, no doubt about it. What's going on, JD? Love you, buddy. All right, we're gonna get to a whole other bunch of uh, uh, texts and tweets and chats and all that stuff going on. Uh, let's. I'm I'm trying to keep an eye on where we're going here and also looking at this. This is why I need a producer eventually one day. Otis Bird saying, I'm down for a meetup at the... Yeah, absolutely. We're all going to get down for a meetup. I promise you. It's going to be in San Francisco. We are going to kick it, man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I want to thank so many of you in person for all the support you've given me and Jillian as we have made this massive pivot that is, you know, something else. And and very good point here made by the Rodfather78. Uh, don't forget to pick up some aloe vera on the way to Ike's. I'm going to tell you right now, Because I'm a camera-facing talent these days, (laughs) I never wanted to be that, but here we are. Uh, I am moisturizing. I am absolutely moisturizing, working on that T-zone here and down the nose because that's where it starts peeling. Uh, Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. And when I forget about it, thank God Jillian's on it. I mean, that, that basically should be like when I when when they make my tombstone one day, here lies Damon Bruce. He held the microphone like a grudge. Thank God Jillian was on it. <laughs> like that's probably what should happen, right? That's that's what it should read. So, LeBron floating that thought balloon of retirement. I, I don't think it's going to happen, although I heard you know, Mark Spears make a pretty good case on KNBR for why it is a possibility. Like all of LeBron's hanger honors basically um, were, were following him the entire entirety of the playoffs. Like they were showing up on the road like they were watching something for the last time. He had the documentary crew out there. Maybe he's just sick and tired of surviving in a media environment where – you know, he goes from a hero and greatest player of all time one day to an absolute bum who didn't do enough to get the... I mean, here's the thing about LeBron. Say whatever you want. Say however old he is. He's not on a bad team anymore. The, the Lakers were just in the Western Conference Finals. So why he wants to pick up and, you know, go anywhere, why the Lakers would want to trade him for anything other than 
and, 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 and almost hurts too much to do it level deal. I don't know why that could happen, but if you're telling me we get this off-season rumor, I had to address it. It had to be where the show started today. I mean, think about it. The media environment that he's in, it's got to suck. Like, you're 38 years old. You drop a 40-point near triple-double in an elimination game while the rest of the team around you is kind of playing like shit, and it's your fault that the team lost. You got Kwame Brown, one of the biggest failures in the history of basketball, criticizing you. I mean, who wants to live in that environment much longer? I would much rather be like, you know what? I'm basically a billionaire now. I'm going to be an NBA owner one day. I'm going to watch my kid go play in college more than I want to play with him someday in the NBA. Interesting things going on. I saw Tom Ziller have a really good tweet about this whole thing when you know people were complaining that LeBron just floated this thought balloon of reti- retirement because he didn't want to be out of the headlines and he didn't want it to be about getting swept by the Nuggets and he wanted to keep the attention on him. Tom Ziller, very funny, uh, tweets, LeBron is a sunshine thief. Now everyone is going to talk about whether he's going to retire instead of the Nuggets' accomplishments. He tweets ironically, talking about LeBron's possible retirement instead of the Nuggets' accomplishments. Got Charles Barkley talking about how, oh, the media, you know, Mike, Michael Malone is right. The media is just talking about LeBron, 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 and they're not talking about the Nuggets. You guys have the biggest show in the NBA. You, dickheads, you talk about the Nuggets. If the inside the TNT crew decides what they want to talk about and puts the Nuggets first, guess what everyone's then talking about? Media just jerking itself off at all times. Uh, Speaking of which, I don't know if you saw this story, but ESPN, I saw this in the Wall Street Journal, ESPN is laying the foundation for selling its main TV channel directly to consumers as a subscription streaming service, and apparently the code name in-house for this is Flagship. Okay. I mean... Cable TV, having trouble making money and keeping up as it is these days. But the minute ESPN pulls out of cable TV, why are people sticking around for cable TV? I mean, if you did, it would be a much cheaper bill because ESPN accounts for like the biggest percentage of any cable network on any cable bill. But the minute ESPN offers a la carte ESPN everything in an app, Yeah, that would be gargantuan huge. They do have to figure out a way between these streaming services and the timing of real-time broadcasts and how long it takes to get in the stream. This is where YouTube, and I love you, YouTube. It's good to be part of the family now. Um, This is where YouTube is going to really, really find itself uh, unpopular with NFL fans when they're a full minute behind actual action, which is coming to us real time on Twitter and all sorts of social media. But because of the stream and the download and the broadband and the bandwidth and blah, 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 all these buzzwords that I hardly know about. But if there's a long delay, Sunday ticket is going to be, uh, people will be upset. So they got to get the streaming times, Faster, 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 faster internet, faster cable, faster, faster, faster. They're going to need that for this to really work. The Celtics 
are playing for their playoff lives tonight in Boston. If Boston wins, the series goes back to like, uh, okay, game on, series status if they win tonight. But look, I've seen Boston lose at home way too many times over this playoffs and last year's playoffs as well to just eliminate that from being a reality tonight. If you're telling me the Heat go back up there and finish off their gentleman sweep with three wins in Boston, I'd believe you. I'd absolutely believe you. There's a little magic in Miami right now, and it's it it every it's going around to everyone except really the Miami Marlins. I would I would say. Uh, I saw the Athletic write this: the Panthers, which are the East number eight seed, have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals by finishing a stunning sweep after going down three one in their opening round series with the Bruins, who had the best regular season in the history of hockey. They've won eleven of their last twelve playoff games. <coughs> The Florida Panthers have won 11 of their last 12 playoff games, and this team was the eighth seed. They made the playoffs by one point, and they're in the finals. In one more win, the Miami Heat, the eighth seed, would be in the NBA Finals. Look at how close the Lakers came. Dude, we live in a different world now where eight seed, seeding really doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's starting to not even matter in the NCAA tournament. So, an eight-seed hockey team is in the Stanley Cup Finals. An eight-seed NBA team is away from the NBA Finals. Another eight-seed NBA team was four wins short of the NBA Finals. But the two teams that are still alive are both from Miami. So, Mario Cristobal... Miami Hurricanes, pressure's on. <laughs> There's something going on down in Miami. There's something in that water. It's probably cocaine. But, you know, it's what makes Miami fun. One of my favorite stats about Miami during the uh, documentary Cocaine Cowboys is that there is not a single bill in circulation in Miami that doesn't have uh, an element of cocaine on it. Not a single bill. This was in the 80s. This, not anymore, I doubt. But uh, in, in the 80s, like if you took $1,000 bills, 1,000 a thousand bills to a lab, 1,000 bills would come back as, yeah, there is some cocaine on this. <laughs> uh, this must have been fun times, which like the Steph Curry era then crashes horrifically and ends terribly. So just keep the fun going while you can, right? Um, let's see. Let's see. So what I thought we would be talking about today before, you know, LeBron warrior rumor kind of hijacked the conversation. And look, the conversation is worth having, but it's worth spending about 25 minutes on like we just did. Not spending 12 hours of a broadcasting day on like I know who and you know who is about to. We will value your time better than they ever could. That's the beauty of this medium. So let me tell you the value of time. Because time is relative, right? What feels like a long time to one person is a short time to another person. Like if you would have walked up to 18-year-old Damon Bruce and said, hey, something that you want is still 105 days away, I would have been like, ah, that, that takes forever. Now that I'm 48 years old, I know that 105 days, three months goes by like that. 
You know, I mean, I don't know if it's kids do that to you or your own timeline getting shorter and shorter. So all time gets relative, you know, to, used to take forever to get to the summer. Now summers just happen every other, other season when you get older. Um, we have 105 days until the first Thursday night game of the football season. 105 days until we got Chiefs and Lions getting us underway on that Thursday nighter. Is that a long time away or is that a really short time away? Like all of a sudden that feels like a really short time away. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a 49ers fan, you have so much to be excited for. And this just isn't, you know, going down to OTAs and drinking Kool-Aid. This is me looking at the team, looking at the roster, looking at the rest of the league and realizing that you got the Eagles and the 49ers sitting on that one line of really good NFC teams on the two line. You got the Cowboys, the Seahawks, maybe the New York Giants, maybe whoever wins the NFC Central. And then you got a big drop off where you're going to find Team X. Who's that other really good? You didn't think that they were going to be really good, but they were football teams. And it happens all the time every year. There is someone that kind of comes out of nowhere to make you go, hey, wow, look at the year they're putting together. And it feels like the teams that could qualify for that would be the Rams, the Falcons, the Vikings, the Saints, maybe Tampa Bay, maybe Detroit, maybe the Chicago Bears, but I don't think so. They're still they're, they're forever two years away from being two years away. But this 49ers team is just loaded to bear with talent and playmakers on both sides of the ball at every position level on that defense, at every single element of playmaking in this offense. And I just, you know, we spotlighted when I had Larry Kruger on yesterday about how Christian McCaffrey was at OTAs just setting a tone. I mean, just a leader out there setting a tone for everyone to emulate in camp. He was incredible. I mean, he, he, you got to see how hard this guy's working when nobody's looking. It's something else. Like, I, I, I was blown away by how hard Christian McCaffrey, a man who has nothing to prove on a practice field, was trying to prove everything to everyone on a practice field. Christian McCaffrey, without a doubt in my mind, is the only genuine real candidate to maybe deliver an MVP, a league-wide MVP to the Bay Area. And I think he could do it. I mean, this is Mr. 1000-1000 himself, right? He does that. I mean, the 49ers, first of all, are, are in the playoffs hosting one, maybe two playoff games. And MVP consideration for McCaffrey is something that certainly has happened in the past. I think it absolutely be unlocked to happen again. You know, thinking about who could win an MVP, you know, Steph Curry feels like a candidate, but let's be totally honest, the chances of him winning another MVP, I don't think are as high as what Christian McCaffrey's would be. Maybe Bosa, maybe, but we all know usually from that side of the ball, the best individual award that you're allowed to top out at is defensive player of the year. I mean, he would have to have 25, 30 sacks to be considered MVP, right? I mean, it would have to be just one of the most remarkable years rushing a quarterback the league has ever seen for that to actually happen. 
No other Warrior player than Steph is going to be considered for an MVP. Not a single Giants player is going to be considered for an MVP. Obviously, there is no A, there is no Shark that is going to be considered for an MVP. Christian McCaffrey, if he plays like an MVP, it's going to be smooth sailing through an awful lot of not nearly as good as them football teams this year for the 49ers. They're just loaded to bear. Loaded to bear. Uh, there was another story, and I, you know, as excited as I am for football season, as excited as you should be for a football season, which starts in 105 days, the best place for you to watch a football game, I'm totally convinced, and I, look, I love atmosphere, I love tailgating and all that stuff, the best place to actually watch a game, though, is on your couch. And that's good because let me tell you, ticket holders are among the least important parts of the entire NFL revenue pie. And they proved that once again with the decision that Thursday night football will now be flexed late in the year, should it be necessary to do so. Amazon, look, paid a billion dollars for those rights to Thursday night football. And that's who the NFL cares about. More than any fan, you know, travel plans. Look, all I can tell you is that if you want to go see your favorite team late in the year, you might want to hold off on those travel plans or extend them to include a Thursday night if that's what your game is pivoted to. Now, watching from home is still the best way in my mind to watch an NFL game. And and we all know that the NFL should like reimburse fans for having to change flights hotel rooms, accommodations, all sorts of things. If they went and bought a ticket to a game on a Sunday afternoon that turned out to be on a Thursday night, like that's a really radical different timeline, but that'll never happen. And we all know that Thursday night football games have been agreed by the owners to be flexed from weeks 13 through 17. No team can play on a Thursday night more than twice. So that doesn't change. Um, when it comes to the risk of injury, I saw a lot of hand-wringing about the risk of injury. Look, it's an NFL game. There is an ever-present risk of injury, and I don't think that there's anything you can really do about it to change that, right? I mean, it's just, they're, they're, you're not changing that. You're just not. So, um, you know, can you prove to me that there's more risk associated with less rest? Maybe you could, maybe you can't. The one thing I'm sure of is the NFL couldn't give a shit. Money, 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 money. If they had to crash planes into hospitals to make more money and get away with it, they would. Look, for fans making travel plans, it could totally suck. So I'm just going to encourage you right now, if you are planning on traveling to see your favorite football team, no matter who it is, if you're doing it later in the year, don't get caught with an okey-doke. You might need to go ahead and book that vacation you know, instead of just that weekend, you maybe need to start that on a Thursday because that game of that team could possibly be flexed. So, you know, just a friendly little note here from Uncle Damon about what you might need to do. Uh, we are going to get into Club Plus in just a moment where we're going to get into the texts and everything that you got. Um, and uh, I see that there's a lot of people out here chit-chatting, uh, going on and on and on and on and on. Uh, so we, we will get to all of you in just a moment here, as many of you as we can. But first, 
want to let you know about a little baseball coming up for you this afternoon, this evening. Uh, San Francisco going with Scott Alexander as their opener when they open up a series tonight, a four-game series in Milwaukee. Uh, the Brewers going with undecided. Got to look out for that guy. You never know what to expect. Um, the Giants lost on getaway day in Minneapolis. Uh, they left 15 runners on base. They had just been playing really good baseball and had an afternoon where they did not play really good baseball. It dropped them one game under 500, but they won that series. They're certainly playing better. Uh, and Gabe Kapler said that Austin Slater could be returning from the injured list in the next three to four days. That'll make them a little bit better in the outfield, you hope. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not time to get excited about the San Francisco Giants, but it is time to get interested because we got a lot of baseball in between the end of the NBA finals and the start of football season. So, you know, start, start getting ready, get your eyes on, on the baseball field. Um, if you're an A's fan, I don't even know what to tell you. They're 10 and 41. Now they've lost seven in a row. They scored 11 runs over that span. They're the third team since 1901 to have a winning percentage below 200 after 51 games. How do we end this show? We remind you that it's always a good idea to say out loud wherever you are, fuck John Fisher, because that guy stinks. And thank you so much for tuning in. We're about to hop into Club Plus, so if you're watching on YouTube, you stay right there. If you're listening, though, on the podcast, thank you very much for tuning in. Take good care of my sponsors, Ike's and Blackened Whiskey. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.